Hello, my name is Meg. Welcome to the unedited podcast Christmas edition. Thank you so much for joining me today. The goal of this podcast is to help you both develop and enjoy the habit of daily Bible reading and prayer. About 20 years ago, at a very low spot in my life, I was convicted to begin this simple discipline. And I looked up years down the road to see how God had used this habit to heal deep places in my heart and do incredible things in my life. So over the years, it's really become my greatest passion to help others develop this discipline in their lives. Through this podcast, I'm hoping to help you see the Word of God with fresh eyes, to learn to slow down with your Bible, and ultimately to fall in love with your Bible. So thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so glad to have you here. Today, we're going to start a series of Christmas episodes, and for the month of December, I'm going to keep it very simple. I won't do much in terms of tips or tricks in the beginning of the episode. I'm just going to share mostly an unedited entry, something that I've written during my own personal devotion time at some point over the last 20 years. But before I read today's unedited entry, I want to tell you about something that I'm super excited about. Starting next Friday, December 3rd, I'm going to be doing a favorite things giveaway on Instagram. You can find details at unedited underscore Meg on Instagram starting next Friday. Now, technically, my top five favorite things are people, paper, parties, babies in the color green, most of which are super duper challenging to give away. I've never tried to give away a baby before or a people, but I don't think it would be all that easy. So I'm going to give away a few of my other favorite things, a Cambridge Bible, an Echolo Journal, favorite pen, Heinz Feet on High Places, a $25 gift card to chat books, along with some other fun little treasures. And so again, tune in next Friday to be a part of that giveaway on Instagram. I'm looking forward to sending somebody a Christmas present and we will announce the winner on December 11th following the close of that giveaway. One of the things that I have done over the last stretch of years during the month of December is to only read Matthew chapter one and two and Luke chapter one and two on repeat. And it has been so incredibly beautiful. If you are not finishing a reading plan this year, you're kind of just reading in a random spot, I would encourage you to try it. The Christmas story and the beauty of the incarnation can really get lost during this holiday season and all the pie baking and tree decorating and the trimmings and the trappings and all the Christmas parties and other things that happen during this month of December. And this has really been a way for me personally to recapture the beauty of the true meaning of Christmas, to focus on the fact that God robed himself in flesh, became Emmanuel, God with us, to save us from our sins. Such an amazing, 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 miraculous story. And again, I would just like to encourage you to consider doing that this year. Those are the primary chapters in the Bible that talk about this particular story. And I think you would glean a lot from it and really, again, just refocus your heart on the true meaning of Christmas. Today, I'm going to share an unedited Christmas entry called Unlikely. I'm going to warn you in advance. I use the word unlikely way too many times. But I do think this concept is worth sharing and has ministered to me personally. And so here's today's unedited Christmas entry, Unlikely. 
This morning, as I sat in the light of the Christmas tree, talking to Jesus and thinking about Christmas and the Christmas story, the word unlikely popped into my head. Christmas is unlikely. And more than that, the Bible is unlikely. The players and pieces in the plan of redemption are, in so many senses, unlikely. Yesterday, I read Matthew 1 to Ollie and L. And as we went through the genealogies, I was so moved when we came to verses 5 and 6. And Salmon begat Obed of Ruth, and Obed begat Jesse, and Jesse begat David the king. And David the king begat Solomon of her that had been the wife of Urias. If you know anything about the stories of those listed above, it is a cast of unlikely characters. If I was planning the bloodline for royal, for divine royalty, I would look for the purest and most undefiled people I could find. Yet some of these listed above lived lives or had seasons of their lives that were more than a little unsavory. They were unlikely and improbable candidates for God's redemptive plan. Rahab was a harlot, to put it nicely. She was from Jericho, the first city of conquest, as the children of Israel made their way into the Promised Land. Rahab is unlikely. Ruth was a Moabite widow. She was a stranger and not even part of the Abrahamic lineage. She was a young lady who, in spite of the hardship and suffering of her past, saw loyalty and kindness script her into the family tree of the Messiah. Ruth is unlikely. David the king was unlikely from his earliest days. When the prophet Samuel was sent to his home to anoint a king, his own father did not even consider him a candidate and did not even call him to the ceremony. Yet unlikely as he was, he was the one chosen to ascend Israel's throne and become the most beloved king the nation would know. His story is not only that of a shepherd turned king, his is a story filled with dark nights and low valleys. His is a story filled with glorious highs and egregious sins. He could have been defined by words like accomplice to murder, adulterer, and failure. And yet ultimately he is defined as a man after God's own heart. That is unlikely. David is unlikely. Bathsheba is here called her that had been the wife of Urias. Bathsheba is scripted into the lineage of the Messiah through a scandalous scenario. Bathsheba is unlikely. Solomon is unlikely. Rehoboam is unlikely. And the list goes on. Each of these lives and their stories are proof that God uses unlikely candidates to unfold his plans. Each of these colorful characters proves that it is more than human goodness that God looks for when he chooses lives to use. The bloodline of Jesus and the entirety of his word are full of unlikely people. Not only is the ancestry of Jesus unlikely, but also the incarnation itself. It is incredibly unlikely, highly improbable, that the God of all creation would clothe himself in the very dust he had formed and fashioned humanity from. It is unlikely that this glorious God would not only come as humanity, but as infant humanity. Power and grandeur and might were confined by the helpless form of a baby. He restrained all he was in the most unlikely disguise of all time, the frail, dependent frame of an infant. It is unlikely that he should choose to be Emmanuel God with us, 
It is unlikely that he would choose to know what it's like to grow and learn and wrestle temptation and experience deep pain. That he would choose learning to walk and scraped knees. But he wanted to know us. He wanted to feel what we feel and experience life with its beauty, complexities, and intricacies. Hebrews 4.15 in the message says, We don't have a priest who is out of touch with our reality. He's been through weakness and testing, experienced it all, all but the sin. He is close. He came near, down to our level. That is unlikely. He became fully God and fully man, encapsulated in infancy. Wow. As Merriam-Webster defined incarnation, the union of divinity and humanity in Jesus Christ. Highly unlikely. The virgin birth is unlikely. It is actually more than unlikely. It is impossible to the mind of a human. But as Jesus told his disciples in the years of his earthly ministry, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. The virgin birth proves that God is not limited by the laws of nature, for he made them. He is not limited by impossible and is most certainly not limited by unlikely. The unlikeliness of the virgin birth is proof of God's faithfulness to fulfill his word. As Matthew wrote in Matthew 1, to 23 Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. His life, birth, and death fulfill over 300 Old Testament prophecies. The chance of one person fulfilling even eight prophecies is one in, I don't know this number, it's six sets of zeros. I think it's like a septillion or something like that. This is according to CBN.com. And as a side note, I believe Josh McDowell is the one who originally did the math statistics on this. Very, very fascinating. If you look up his um, probability of prophecy coming true. Random side note. So again, the chances of one person fulfilling even eight prophecies is one in one septillion. Impossible, yet true. The unlikeliness of the virgin birth turns an improbable story into a miraculous story. As Pastor has said, it was divine DNA mingled with human DNA. The virgin birth proves that it was entirely of God. Oh, the unlikeliness of Christmas. The storyline of Jesus' birth is also unlikely. The scene and settings are unlikely. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. A young engaged couple, a carpenter, a small town, a census, travel to pay a tax, a full inn and a space in the barn, a manger, swaddling clothes, angel choirs over ancient hills, angelic voices singing proclamations to lowly shepherds, all so unlikely. The greatest miracle of all time concealed in the most unlikely of ways Every single element of the Christmas story is unlikely, unexpected, improbable. The worship of the wise men is unlikely. They traveled from the east. I am not sure where exactly the east is, but after some reading, it is safe to say it is a very long journey. Six months to two years, possibly. 
They made that journey with purpose and intent. When they were given audience with Herod the king, they state their purposes. Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. Months of travel with the purpose of worship. From the scripture, we see that Herod and the people of Jerusalem are nearly ignorant of the prophecies concerning the Messiah and are most certainly not looking for their fulfillment. Yet these wise men, whether magicians, astrologers, or eastern kings, were looking for the Messiah and willing to travel to worship. That is unlikely. There was great intent to seek the Savior, long days over desert terrain to worship. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshiped him. I am sure that was the last thing Mary expected when she woke up that morning. It was unlikely worship from unlikely men from unlikely places. From every angle, Christmas is unlikely. On every level, the story is unexpected, improbable, for this is what God does. He uses unlikely characters in unlikely ways against unlikely backdrops to write unlikely stories. And the story of Christmas is all so he could redeem unlikely people. We are unlikely. I am unlikely and most certainly undeserving, yet he loves me. He loves us, each and every individual that comprises the conglomerate of humanity. But God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, Romans 5, 8. So unlikely, so unexpected. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were sometimes far off have been made to draw near by the blood of Christ. That's Ephesians 2.13, Meg paraphrase. I have been far off sometimes, yet he's drawn me near, sometimes in low moments and unlikely places. Today I will soak in the unlikeliness of Christmas. Today I will marvel at the unlikely love of the one who was once the newborn king. I will marvel. I will stand in awe. It's all so unexpected. This is such a good little reminder that God does not work in the ways that we would often think he would work. His ways are not our ways, and he rarely does the things that we would expect. But his plans and his ways and his timing are perfect, and you can trust him even when he uses unlikely means and you don't understand his plan. So today, I just want to wish you a very, very Merry Christmas. Thank you so much for joining me for this journey. I look forward to meeting up with you again next Friday. If you have questions or if you'd like to download a typed or a handwritten transcript of today's entry, you can visit MegUnedited.com. For now, go grab your journal and your Bible. I look forward to the power of this habit in your life. This is unedited. This is for you. Happy Friday.